Are you smarter than a bird brain? That's maybe all it takes to choose friends wisely. Just stay away from the bird brains who are too dumb to avoid their own destruction. After telling his son not to consent to the enticement of sinners, Solomon retorts, For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. A bird is at least smart enough to see a trap set before him and fly away. But some people are stupid enough to walk right into their own trap. Bird brains are the last people you want to choose as friends. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Hello, and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. And in our last broadcast, Ron took us to Proverbs chapter one to talk about the importance of choosing the right kind of friends, like-minded believers in Christ who can encourage us in our faith. As he continues that message today, he'll tell us how to go about doing just that. So stay right here or listen on demand from our website at somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. And remember, subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts or at Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Here's Ron with part two of his Something Good radio message, Choosing Friends Wisely. There are all kinds of associations that we can make in our world today, aren't there? You can join this association or that association, and and many of them are very good associations with good causes. But did you know that evil associates as well? They're evil associations. Like ISIS and Al-Qaeda, who say, come with us. Come with us as we ambush the innocent or better yet, um, the neighborhood bully who says, come with us, associate with us, okay? What I'm saying is parents and grandparents, you can't afford to not know who your kids are associating with. Can't afford to disengage from that conversation and be a passive father. Catherine and I are not perfect parents. We didn't raise perfect kids but you'll often hear these questions in our household. Where are you going? Who are you going with? Who else is going to be there? And when are you coming home? Better yet, you're coming home at this time. Oh, but everybody else gets, they don't have a curfew. They get to stay out till 1.30 tonight. I don't care, you don't live in their house. You're home by midnight. Text me when you're on the way, okay? We got our, 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 our children smartphones for no other reason, text messaging. We're, we're in touch with them, okay? We're having the conversations. We know where they are, who they are with, who else is there. Catherine and I have kept our ear to the ground all throughout their high school years. We know the kids in their high school who have bad reputations. 
when it comes prom time or, you know, homecoming time and there are after parties and all that. We have very intentional conversations about those parties. We know the ones where uh, the parents are not uh, supervising at all. We know the ones where the police officers show up consistently. We're not going to those parties. And fortunately, our kids have made their own wise decisions. We, we haven't had to be real heavy-handed with that, and I give them credit. But you have to be engaged. You have to be engaged. Because if they take one step toward evil, just one step, that's all it takes, and not long after that, they're, they're in a, a full gallop with a group that says, come along. Associate with us. Associate with us. Look in verse 15. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths for their feet. Run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Circle the word walk, and in the very next verse, the word run. There it is. One step. You just start walking toward evil, and before long, you're running with a crowd you shouldn't be running with. This is a great description of peer pressure, isn't it? Whichever young person deals with. You know, peer pressure shows up in the adolescent years. It, it uh, gains momentum in the teenage years. It kind of lingers around even in the young adult years. And if you don't grow up in godly wisdom, you might be a 30 or 40 or 50-year-old person who is a slave to peer pressure. The opinions of others drive every decision you make. House you buy, the car you buy, the places and the vacations you go on, because this group over here, I want to be accepted by this group. I want them to approve of me. I want them to invite me to come along to their parties. Peer pressure. It's not just a teenage thing. That's why the book of Proverbs <laughs> teaches us to grow up and develop those, those street smarts, those streets of gold smarts, so we're not a slave to the pressures and opinions of others, let alone Mr. Worldly Wise Man, who will try to sway us with his ethics and his philosophies. A little bit later in Proverbs chapter 6, Verses 16 and following, you can read it on your own. Solomon says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Anytime you see that formula there, you better pay attention to the next list. Uh, what are on the seven things that the Lord says are an abomination? Well, two of them are hands that shed innocent blood and feet that are swift to run to evil. What a warning Proverbs gives us here. These are things that God hates things that he says are an abomination. Why? Because he loves us so much. He knows we, we got to leave the city of destruction and be on a path toward the celestial city. And he wants us to stay on the good path. It's a narrow path. The crowd won't be there. The crowd you may want to run with won't be there. You may feel all alone. But Jesus said, narrow is the gate and, and narrow is the road that leads to life. And anything that does not lead to life uh, the Lord hates, and that's an abomination to him. Well, let's turn in a practical direction here and talk about some ways that Proverbs teaches us to choose friends wisely. Uh, the first thing I want to say is aimed at, at young people, uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers, even young college adults. Number one, trust your parents' insights about your peers. 
Trust your parents' insights about your peers. Remember, hear my son your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. I know there's a, there's a time in a young person's life, I don't know, somewhere around the teenage years where mom and dad got hit with a stupid stick. You ever, you ever been there? You know, we've had these conversations in our home, and it usually happens when periodically one of our kids will roll their eyes. And that's when I usually turn to my wife and say, well, honey, I just think we got hit with a stupid stick. Just as a reminder to our kids, we have lived longer than you. Yes, we were once teenagers. And yes, we've made our own mistakes. We're not perfect parents. And just because we made mistakes, it doesn't give you permission to make those same mistakes. In fact, a fool makes the same mistake that somebody else makes and never learns from it. We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good message from Dr. Ron Jones, Choosing Friends Wisely. Remember, you can always listen to this or any of our messages on demand at our website, somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, They include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, Then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles in Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. 
Uh, what I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. Uh, that's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. Uh, my hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. And now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Choosing Friends Wisely. Um, we were not <laughs> perfect parents, nor were we perfect young people. Catherine and I, Catherine reminds me sometimes that we wouldn't have dated in, in college. Let's just put it that way. Not only because we lived in different parts of the country and went to different schools, but uh, we, we just made different choices in college. She made better choices than I made. She went to Baylor University and she pledged the Zeta Tau Alpha sorority. And in time, she became the president of her sorority. And from Greek life, which some of you may have, you know, been engaged in Greek life on college campuses, she, she she gleaned all the positive benefits from that. Leadership lessons that helped her get her first job and, and all of that. Well, I went to Purdue University and I too learned some leadership lessons. I pledged the Alpha Sigma Phi fraternity and I served in leadership as the social chairman and the rush chairman. Okay? Completely different experiences. And you fill in the blank here. And I've done whatever I can as a father to make sure that my kids don't go down that same path. So young people, trust your parents' insights about your peers, especially when they're doing the best they can to live under the authority of God's wisdom and pour God's wisdom into your heart. Number two, run with people who make it easy for you to obey God. Well, that's a principle for young people and for all of us throughout our life. Run with people who make it easy for you to obey God. I had a choice to make when I became a brother in the house of the Alpha Sigma Phi fraternity, Alpha Pi chapter at Purdue University. There were 80 of us in the house, 80 guys from age 18 to 22 living in the same house together. Can you imagine? I think there was a movie about this one somewhere, right? <laughs> oh my, it wasn't that bad. but. So I, my sophomore year, I moved into the house and I'm living on the second floor. And across from me were two guys named Keith and Jim. Uh, they were a little bit older. They had been in the house a couple of years and they were affectionately known as the God Squad. Because these guys got up on Sunday morning and they went to church. A lot of other guys were nursing hangovers from the night before, okay? And I remember them asking me, I was, I, was, I was, you know, their hallmate and right across the hall, hey, Ron, you want to go to church with us? Now, I'd grown up in church. I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior in, in junior high school, but I went away to college and I kind of left God behind. Bad, mis big mistake on my part. But there I was at the fork in the road. I could either run with the God squad 
And these guys that later I came to understand were a part of a number of, you know, faith communities on campus, even at a secular university like Purdue, and they were running hard after Jesus Christ during their college years. I could choose to run with that group or I could choose to run with this group, and I made the wrong decision. I didn't choose to run with those guys who made it easier for me to walk with God. Here's what Proverbs says about that. Chapter 1 and verse 15, my son, do not walk with them, for their feet run to evil. Proverbs 13 and verse 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Yeah, I ran around with some fools in college. Fortunately, I've I come to learn later that many of these guys came to faith in Christ later in life, and but every once in a while I'll get a call and it says, you're a what? A, a, a pastor? <laughs> yeah, by the grace of God. <laughs> okay. How about this, 1 Corinthians 15, bad company corrupts good morals. That just pretty much says it all, doesn't it? You associate with the wrong people, and before long, you'll become like them. You'll run with them. Your morals, your values, your decision-making will be more about what worldly, Mr. Worldly Wise Men says than about what the Scripture says. Number three, become smarter than a bird brain. <laughs> Let's pick it up in verse 17. Listen to this. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men, this, this gang of enticing sinners, these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. What, what's Solomon doing with the bird illustration here? What he's saying is a bird is smart enough to see a trap that's set for him and to fly away. Now, are you smarter than a fifth grader? I'm sorry, are you smarter than a bird brain? You don't even have to be smarter. You may be smarter than a fifth grader, but you don't have to be that smart. Just be smarter than a bird brain because these guys, this gang of, of, of evil, enticing sinners, Solomon says they're setting a trap for themselves and they don't see the danger and destruction that they're walking into and like bird brains, they just fly right into it. You know, criminals are, some of the, are, are really some dumb people sometimes. You ever notice that? You ever looked up some of those you know, dumb things that criminals do? Or remember Marv and Harvey in the movie Home Alone? I mean, the world's dumbest burglars, right? Remember that classic Christmas movie? Yeah, be smarter than a bird brain. Don't, don't do bird brain things. And the best way to do that is to saturate your heart and mind with God's wisdom from above. And then finally, avoid greedy people. Verse 19, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. You run with the wrong crowd and it will suck the life out of you. It'll put years on your face. And friends will come back later and say, wow, life's really been hard for you. Don't run with greedy people, greedy for unjust gain. If anything, be greedy for God and for more of his wisdom. Throughout the book of Proverbs, you're going to run into the phrase, get wisdom. Get wisdom, get as much of it as you can. Be greedy for God's wisdom. And to run with those who share that, that positive kind of greediness. But avoid greedy people. 
who just want unjust gain. We're talking about choosing friends wisely. Parents, grandparents, you have a responsibility to be engaged in that discussion with your kids. But it's really, you know, a, a decision and something that we have to practice throughout our lives. Because whether you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s, choosing godly associations is important, is it not? not? Not that you don't have acquaintances, you know, with unbelievers. I hope you do for the sake of winning them to Christ. But, but the people that are in your closest running group and your closest association need to be people who help you obey God and follow hard after Him. Choose those friends wisely. And he, here, here's another piece of advice I'll leave with you this morning. The best friend you can choose is Jesus. It really is. He, he'll never lead you in a direction toward the city of destruction, always toward the celestial city, the path of life. And the Bible says that that Jesus was a friend of sinners. He's the only one that can associate with sinners and not let it corrupt his good morals. You and I have to be careful of that, even as sinners saved by the grace of God, because the world, the flesh, and the devil can get the best of us. But you associate with Jesus and with people who love him. You choose that kind of intimate friend circle, and you are a companion of the wise, the Bible says. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good radio message, Choosing Friends Wisely. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. Ron, I know we're switching gears tomorrow in the book of Proverbs. So before we leave the subject of making wise choices about friendship, I'm wondering if you can talk a little more about the way Jesus modeled this for us in his own life. I'm glad you asked that question, Brian, because you're right. Uh, this is something that needs some further commentary. It's important to remember that when the Bible says Jesus was a friend to sinners, it was the religious leaders of the day who said that, and they were trying to discredit Jesus. Jesus never confirmed nor denied it. So if we want to gain a full understanding on the subject, we need to look at the way Jesus actually lived his life as opposed to what was said about him by a third party. So let's make a couple of points about Jesus's life in this area. Yes, he spent time with sinners. Yes, he ministered to them. Yes, he, he loved them. There's no question about any of that. But his close friends, uh, the members of his inner circle, we might say, uh, were all what we would call Christians, uh, believers in Jesus, followers of Christ. And even from among that group, he had three men, Peter, James, and John, who were particularly close to him. It's also important to note that when Jesus spent time with unbelievers, he almost always had his disciples with him. He didn't go around spending vast amounts of time alone with a group of people who were living sinful lifestyles. Now, he loved them and he had a purpose for reaching out to them, but when he did, he was not alone. Clearly, we are called to spend time with unbelievers so that we might influence them in a positive way for the cause of Christ. So this is not about ignoring the world. It's rather about choosing our inner circle from among people who can help us reach the world and who can build us up in our faith. That's the way Jesus lived his life, and it's a great model for us to use when we're choosing our own friends. 
Great stuff as usual, Ron. Thanks for those final thoughts on today's message, Choosing Friends Wisely. And Ron, I'm throwing it back to you as we wrap things up on today's Something Good Radio broadcast. Tell us where you're headed next time as you move ahead in your current series. Well, Brian, as you know, Proverbs is a book for believers in Christ to help them grow in wisdom, to grow in their faith. And the purpose of that, of course, is so that we can go out into the world and share that wisdom, that faith, with those who need it most. The wisdom of God is not meant to exist in a vacuum. It's meant to be shared so that others might come to faith in Christ. And we'll get more into that tomorrow as we move ahead in our study of the book of Proverbs. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Straight Talk for Smarty Pants. Join us then for Something Good. Now for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.